welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource them towards growth in all spheres of their life, physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional. Now we seek to do this through The Genius Podcast, our online courses and resources, as well as the Catholic Women's Masterclass and our live virtual Catholic Women's events. We are so excited to be hosting our second live virtual Catholic Women's Summit at the end of next week, ladies, the 8th to the 9th of October, Australian time. Now, if you haven't registered, I want to encourage you to jump on the website www.geniusproject.co and check out the events page and make sure you register today. Even though this is a live virtual event, the seats are limited and we had a couple of hundred women register in the first 48 hours. So we don't want you to miss out. So head on over, make sure you register. It is going to be an incredible couple of days. Our real desire and our heart is just to bless and to pour into you. This past year and a half has been a tough one for so many women. And so myself and our team and the speakers really just want to bless you. And you're going to be exposed to some incredible Catholic women in their keynotes and their workshop talks. One of the keynote speakers is Erin Ingold from Metanoia Catholic. Now, Erin joins me today on today's podcast episode, and together we unpack what it means to manage our mindset and how we can actually be equipped with very practical tools and skills to help us manage the toxic and the limiting beliefs which really seek to hold us back from living the abundant life that God has for us. One of the really exciting things that we will be doing here through the Genius Project in coming months is to expand this arm of the Genius Project into Catholic coaching. Now, this is one of the things that Erin does, and I'm currently going through the training with Metanoia Catholic to become a professionally trained Catholic coach. So if you're interested in exploring this, and if you like the content you hear in this week's episode on managing your mindset, send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co, and I can send you some more information about this. Now, in this episode, you'll hear Erin reference the Metanoia Catholic Journal. Now, if you're interested in getting a copy, please send me an email at karen at geniusproject.co because we're just working on how we can import those and distribute them through the Genius Project at the moment. They'll also be a really important part of our Catholic Women's Masterclass. Ladies, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode on managing our mindset with Erin Ingold. Well, welcome Erin to the Genius Project podcast. We're really blessed to have you joining us today talking about managing our mindset and how we can get on top of those negative thoughts that sort of come and try to hijack us, our life, and the abundant life that Christ calls us to. So welcome all the way from New York in the United States. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Karen. This is such an honor. I um, first heard your, it was like a little tidbit of your podcast on Instagram. And I reached out and I said, I love what this lady's teaching and I got to find out more. So I reached out and that was kind of our genesis of our of our at least the beginning of our conversation as a boxer I think uh, you said get boxer and we had a few boxer messages and got to know each other and then we've had a few conversations and it's been a real blessing because there's a real um alignment between what you're doing with metanoia and, and your ministry and 
what we're doing at the Genius Pro Project with women and just resourcing Catholic women towards growth across personal, spiritual, professional spheres of life. So I'm really excited about this conversation and sharing you, introducing you to all our beautiful women here in Australia. Yes. I can't wait. I mean, I want to go to Australia one day, but at least I'm there virtually right now. You so. are. Hello, you ladies. Are. You've <laughs> never been before. No, I would love to go though. Yes. It's one of those places, you know, like a lot of people are like, I want to go to China and whatever. I'm like, nope, I want to go to Australia, New yeah. Zealand, like the beautiful places. Yeah. Australia <laughs> is pretty beautiful. <laughs> we have yeah. to say we do like New York City. We've been there quite a few times with Jonathan speaking and it's a great city. But you're, yes. you're keen to leave. You'll be yeah. I I um I'm in upstate New York. I'm in the in the rest of the state. You know. Um. Yeah. So I go in for about a, a weekend, and I'm like, okay, I'm, good. I'm done. I can go, I can <laughs> yeah. go back. Go back to the to the rural life. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't live there full time. We were there for about oh, I think three weeks a couple of years ago, and it was intense. Wow, we were, that's we a glad. long time. Yeah, it was. Jonathan was doing a lot of speaking and it was very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> very I know, expensive. I know, I know. But um, no, it's a great buzzing city. So it's good fun. Yeah. But look, can you share a little bit about yourself with us? You have a ministry called Metanoia Catholic. I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a longer story, but I don't need to get into that completely. Matt and I, my husband and I, we um, were coached by a friend of ours who is Catholic, um, but it was with the secular life coaching program. Mm -hmm. I've always been drawn into like self-development, personal development, all that stuff. And I had a theology degree. I like love the faith. I love learning about the faith. I just think theology is the science of all sciences. Like it's just, it goes on and on and on. And, um, so we were going through a coaching program and what we kept finding was like gaps was like holes in, in, um, some of the development stuff that we were going through, but we couldn't deny the virtue also that we were growing in acquired virtue. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we started looking into even like creating our own Catholic coaching program. It was kind of like one of those things where it's like, I don't know if this is going to work, but yes. let's just see if people respond to this. I had such a deep desire to fill in those gaps, even myself, like through my own research and like finding, you know, I always like looked at everything with like a Catholic lens. So it was like, there's gotta, there's so much truth in this. There's gotta be roots in our faith in this. And so started researching it, found, found St. Thomas Aquinas, found his philosophy, his psychology. And I was like, this is brilliant. Of course he yeah. was a brilliant saint yes. and a doctor <laughs> of the church. Um, and, and then started finding stuff in our catechism and in scripture. And so our, really our mission statement is Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And the mindset piece was highly um, influenced by the secular life coach school that I went to, which is the life coach school. That's the name of it. The life coach school. And um, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to find yes. <laughs> like the life coach school. <laughs> um, and so I was kind of tying in all these bits and pieces and the Lord was always like revealing these connections. And so 
we created Metanoia Catholic. We created a mindset journal, Catholic mindset journal. And we also do form other Catholic coaches who love their Catholic faith and are kind of like, uh, some of the stuff is kind of woo woo in and new age in the secular sphere, but I do love this stuff. And so like, how do I make these connections? How do I integrate this into my Mm -hmm. faith more? And so that's, that's what we do. We teach people in, in that, in our program called the purgative way. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really exciting. And I love that, that you've merged the two because there is so much richness in our Catholic faith, but sometimes that's just not communicated in ways that people can connect with and, and vice versa. Like you said, the new age personal development space has a lot of that new age elements Mm -hmm. around it which people can get a little bit lost in. And so I think what you've done is so beautiful bringing those two together, the best you know, the best of the personal development world and just putting our Catholic faith on it makes it, I think, so rich because we can't quite get that full breakthrough unless the Holy Spirit's involved, right? So it's it's just transformation doesn't happen without God. You know, it's, you can change a little bit. You can alter some things. You can change your behaviors. um, But the transformation of heart and mind cannot happen without him, without his grace. That's right. And so it, like, it tells me that there's, I mean, this, this industry, this life coaching industry, this self-development interest industry is so it's so abundantly, like there's so much wealth in it. There's so many people in it. And it tells, what it tells me is this deep, deep ache for happiness, for beatitude, for transformation. And I'm like, why haven't we ever done this? But, but when you go and research it in the faith in like our faith, yeah. like they've been doing this all along. We just, I mean, really what Mennonite Catholic is, we're just dusting it off and being like, here, yep. here it is. My husband has lots of great sayings. My favorite is that the church has the best product in the world with the worst marketing department. And, it, <laughs> and that's exactly what you're doing. Like we have this beautiful treasure chest of so much richness. And then just it's about how it's presented, how it's communicated and helping people make those connections because you're right, this this total freedom. And it really is, you say, people are looking for beatitude and happiness and they're looking for freedom from all the things that, you know, whatever's happened to them, they've said about themselves, the words people have spoken over them. There's a captivity in so many people's lives that, that kind of holds them to their past. It chains them to their past. And in the human heart is this desire for freedom to be the fullness of who God's created them to be. And I think giving them the tools to do that and and showing them a roadmap on how they can actually take those steps is immensely Mm -hmm. powerful. And you're right. And then inviting the Holy Spirit in, you know, doing it all under the gaze of the Holy Spirit means true transformation is possible. Yeah. I'm always like, whenever I have somebody who comes up to me and they're like, I'm a Catholic coach, like I'm a coach who loves my Catholic faith. And, and I don't know if I want to become a Catholic coach. And I'm like, why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, like you get to be that vessel for that person. Not like you're not the source of it, but you get to be that vessel for like that transformative grace. Like, why would you leave him out? Absolutely. <laughs> the icing yeah. on the cake. And, and it yeah. just, I, I know that we've been walking women through our Catholic Women's Masterclass at the moment and the transformation that's happened in their lives and just giving them tools for prayer and growing and deepening in their spiritual life has been amazing. Some of them have never heard 
of some of the things that they're being taught about the Catholic faith and spirituality mm-hmm. and how to pray and and the Holy Spirit and the role the Holy Spirit has in this transformation. So it's beautiful. So look, Erin, I'm really keen to hear a bit more from you about, and I guess some of those practical tools, strategy, skills that we can give women to help them manage their mindset, because it all begins in our head, right? It's not, yes. life doesn't happen to us. Like we can actually, uh, my husband used to say, it doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. I think that's a mm-hmm. quote from somebody, but you know, everything that happens in our life is also, it holds within an invitation and an invitation Mm. to growth and so sometimes we don't get that breakthrough and that growth because we don't have the tools Mm -hmm. so I love that quote from Saint Augustine that said he who created you without your cooperation he won't save you without your cooperation Mm. and so we actually have to cooperate with God's grace for the breakthrough so that involves yes it involves praying and leaning into the spirit but it also includes mastering some tools and strategies Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if you can share with us, I guess, some of the tools and strategies that you'd recommend for women trying to manage, I guess, negative mindsets or just, you know, just the scripts that we have that run beneath our level of conscious awareness. I Mm -hmm. I think that's right, isn't it? We have so many scripts that are running that date back to our childhood that we're not even in touch with, but Mm -hmm. somehow have the power to shape the whole landscape of our life. So yes. I think the first step is really, I guess, growing in this mindful awareness of what those scripts are. So can you yeah, talk I, us I think that's, some tools? That is step number one. It's slowing it down. And I, I think even just recognizing kind of what you were just saying, Karen, recognizing that there is a conversation going on mm. <laughs> always. I mean, we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. It's like insane. Is that how many? Uh, it's upwards to that amount. They say, I don't even know how they would count this, but I'm sure neuroscientists like have figured this out. It's like 13,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. So there's a lot in there. And, um, the interesting thing about a thought or a belief, which is really just a thought you keep on thinking and that you actually think and believe is true, Mm -hmm. um, is that, you've never, you, you always consent to a thought number one. So any thought you have, you've consented to, and if you continue to consent to it, it's now become a habit, right? Like similar to like biting your nails, like, Oh, I didn't even know I stuck my finger in my mouth. Like that. Cause I've just continued to do that. And it's similar to that with thoughts. Now, the first thing that you can do is just slow the process down. Just And that's why we have a journal that I think writing and putting physical space between you and your thoughts is so powerful. There's, there's a lot of things going on neurologically in the processing sphere when you're actually writing stuff down. Mm. So slowing that down, putting physical space between that you and your thoughts. And then you can look at a thought and go, oh, I'm having this thought. This thought is not having me. Mm. Yeah. Because we think our thoughts are true all the time. And we're like, oh, that's just the way the world is. That's what, what everything is. But then um, some of the most powerful breakthroughs I've had, even with one-on-one coaching is, is I'm like, it could be this like terrible thing that happened to you in your past. And by all means, 
like I, I want to be very reverent with somebody if it's, if it comes to that and also refer them to a counselor, right? Because I don't really deal with trauma yes. type of stuff. But most of the time, most of the time, it's really just a thought habit Yes, that has never been challenged. Mm-hmm. It's never been like, yeah, that's not true. Or that's not true all of the time. So we understand this idea of universal truths and particular truths. And this is kind of philosophy a little bit, but so often we say like, you know, we, we make these particular statements, these situational situ like thoughts that we have, and we make them into universals. And the, the number one thing I, I always have, have my clients do is ask themselves, is that true? hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah it just puts a little bit of space. It's kind of start shooting those holes in that argument a little bit. Like Absolutely. if it's not true a hundred percent of the time, it's probably then- not true. <laughs> exactly. It's not a universal truth. Yeah. And this is what we say to our kids. You know, we've got three kids. We had three kids in three years and they're like, well, she always, or he always. And we're like, well, do they actually always? Always. <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes or they might do it a lot, but it's not always. I think it's a it's really important insight if we can, like you said, start to challenge our own thoughts mm-hmm. and realize that our thoughts are merely sentences, right? Going yes. through our head. That's all they are. Yep. They're just sentences. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So take us to the next step. That's step okay. One. So I think when I'm working with women and since most of your listeners are, are primarily women, um, I, I, personally am more emotional. Like uh, I, I experience my emotions first before I go in there and start looking at those sentences in my mind. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people could probably relate to me here. Yeah. Um, so what I do is what I've been doing is when I start to feel an emotion, something that's, that's visceral, like I can actually feel it. I'm like, Oh, that feels like I feel angry, mm-hmm. you know? to name it and then also say, okay, I'm feeling this emotion of anger and I'm feeling this emotion of anger because I'm thinking a thought in my head. There is a sentence in my head and it's leading to this emotion of anger. This is cognitive behavioral therapy. This is also St. Thomas Aquinas's philosophy of psychology. Absolutely. So we have passions that come from our imagination, our memory, which are our thoughts. And so we have to stop and challenge and and figure out what the thought is that's leading to that, to that emotion. Um, I think that's a really helpful thing just to pause, name it, and then say, why, what am I thinking? Because so often we go to the event that happened, yes, the outside thing, the thing that the other person said, right? And rehearse. Like, that's right. I I'm angry because Susie said I'm always late. Right. Yeah. Well, no, Susie said, you're always late. That's not the reason why you're angry. You're angry because of the thought about what Susie said. And that's how dare she or something like that. Yes. Right. That's it. <laughs> so that's the thought in between it. And I think it's just, um, it's growing. Like you use the word habit. And I love that word because it's simply about rewiring new habits in the way that we think. Yes. And that's really how we start to manage our mindset. 
But like you said, we have to just come back and be intentional with those two steps about recognizing the feeling. Because, mm-hmm. and I, I do think that a lot of women, we just go on indefinitely, don't we? Without really jump, going down to that level of feeling. So we might sense feelings, but we've been taught to put those aside and just hyperfunction to yes. serve and be giving and generous and because that's what a good woman does. And it might be self-indulgent or considered self-indulgent to start looking at your own desires and emotions and reactions to things. Mm-hmm. But I think if we really want to grow into the fullness of the women that God's created us to be, he's created us to be a unity, right, of body and soul. And our emotions are very much a part of that unity. So it's actually godly to examine our emotions. It's, it's godly. And so I want to challenge and that mindset that firstly that says it's indulgent, that good women don't do that or that they're too emotional if they delve mm. into what's going on below the surface. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The catechism says, and you guys can believe me when I, I will reference it actually right now, it's like <laughs> 17, 18 or whatever it's the catechism, but the catechism says that our emotions are morally neutral. Yes. Yeah. Like they, they are morally neutral. The only thing that makes them moral is here it is. It's 1765. I was close. Excellent. Um, or no, it was 1767. The only thing that makes it morally like qualified is the extent that it effectively engages your reason, your mindset and your will. Absolutely. So we have this thing that we actually teach our purgative way coaches and how to pass a thought through reason and also how to pass an emotion through reason. Okay. So how do we bring this emotion up? through reason. Well, it's growth and virtue, first of all. So what you were just saying, yes, it absolutely like it, we are supposed to be stewarding our intellect and our will and our passions well, and the pat and the, the virtues are the things that actually take up our passions and our thoughts Mm -hmm. or the vices actually pervert them. So like there's, it's actually growth and holiness. This is like soul work. (laughs) By doing this mindset work. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the road to wholeness. So in our um, Genius Project Masterclass for Catholic Women, we look at this, what it means to live a life of wholeness in Christ and growing in holiness, I guess, that that path of being one with Christ and allowing him to dwell within us. And sometimes there's so many roadblocks in our own heart and soul that Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit needs to break down so that we can step into that wholeness and that freedom. And this is a huge part of it, I really believe. So take Mm -hmm. us a a bit further then. So once we've recognized what the feeling is and what the thought or the sentence going through our head Mm -hmm. is, what's the next step in terms of managing mindset? Well, the next step is to become aware of the behaviors, the actions that you do that come from that emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And emotions are always fuel to action or inaction. Okay. Like shame makes you go and hide. Yes. Fear usually makes you go and hide. It usually kind of leads to a a lack of action Mm. or maybe you lash out at somebody or maybe, so our emotions are always some kind of fuel for that action. And this also is in the catechism. Um, so So the action that we can actually like become aware of 
our thought processes and our emotional life by actually looking at what we're doing in life. Okay. So if let's just say you find yourself in front of the pantry and you're like, I just ate a sleeve of double stuffed Oreos, you know? <laughs> and you're like, why did I do that? I, I always think of St. Paul here. It's like, why did I do the thing that I didn't want to do? <laughs> and then not do the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, I would have asked St. Paul, obviously, like he did not need me as his mindset coach, but I would have asked him this. I would have said, what were you feeling before you did that? And then what were you thinking that led to that emotion? So kind of going backwards up what we call the model, yeah. that's like, really, that's what it is. So you like, look at the action that you're doing and then you look at what the fuel was, what it was the emotion that actually led to that. Maybe you were trying to avoid an emotion and you're going and going pleasure seeking, or maybe you are just reacting to something like anger and you like punch a hole in the wall or something. Yeah. So just that's like this whole piece is really, it's so, so huge self-awareness. Mm-hmm. It's enormously huge. Another thing I want to add to this, it's an application piece. When you are going down that drama rabbit hole mm-hmm. in your head, right? And, and that's kind of the trajectory thinking. It could go this way. It could go this way. Worry. Right. Like, I think a lot of women could probably relate to us here. Mm-hmm. We go down that worrying um, path to stop and ask yourself, what are the facts? It's one of the most grounding exercises ever. Because mm. we always want to go, yeah, but this is a fact. And it's like a super, like, dramatic, whatever. And I'm like, that is not a fact. Facts mm. are boring. It's and they are what like, they are. And they are where they are, right? Right. You can't argue. So the sun is either shining or it isn't, but it's not how you feel about the sun shining. So it's 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 honing that in, isn't it? To facts. Well, and and I think what it does is it helps you separate when you go, what are the facts here? And you're kind of just like write down like really boring facts. Like I, I like to like when my clients are doing this, I'm always like, tell me that story again in the most boring factual way possible. And I say, everything else is your thoughts. Yeah. Like all of the other stuff are thoughts. And here's the great thing. Thoughts are optional. Mm. You don't have to keep believing those. Out of all the thoughts to have, you're picking the most negative ones, the most disappointing ones. Like, Mm. okay. So, and I think what that does is it gives people hope because they start to realize, wait, but I... I've always thought this way. I'm like stuck here, right? Like, yeah. isn't this how I'm supposed to always think? Isn't it right to think this way? That's another one that a lot of people say. Really? Yeah. Like kind of like, shouldn't I think this way? Like, like, shouldn't I be realistic about it? Okay. That's and really I'm like, interesting. Ah. I'm like, realistic is factual. Okay. Like so- the rest of that are all of your, your thoughts, <laughs> which are not. <laughs> you're very negative yeah I think sometimes like I said that that script that's going on below conscious awareness we're not Mm -hmm. even tuned into it so when you apply something like the model or when you start to analyze your own thoughts and you put them on paper you realize just how many negative thoughts you're choosing because we do choose our thoughts like you mm-hmm. said before, our feelings are neutral, but then it's the sentences and the thought that we attach to that feeling. Mm. So that becomes the story then. 
Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, what you're saying to Karen right now is they hear that and then they go, uh, like it's another thing that they beat themselves up with because they go, Oh, I didn't know I was choosing it. But I always like to say, I'm like, it's more like you didn't know, but you left your to your home alone. And was, he was like running around the house with a knife. Like, <laughs> That's kind of like what's been happening in our mind. You know, it's just, we haven't managed it. That's, that's it. You know, we haven't intentionally grew in virtues and moral virtues or intellectual virtues. Like we aren't, we aren't intentional about it. And that's okay because today you can start. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, once you've seen it, so I mean, you can't be blamed for something that you haven't been able to see or recognize or be aware of. But once Mm -hmm. you are, I think it gives you enormous power, like to take some power back, to take some control back, to choose. Because so often I believe in working with women over the past 20 years that women feel like these things are happening to them. Mm. But actually we can take control. And we yes. can start to be, you know, an agent for ourselves, advocate for ourselves in terms of our growth and our freedom. So we actually have a lot more power and we have a lot more control than we realize as women. Absolutely. And that is in also in the catechism, like our intellect and our will are, are it says the spiritual powers of our soul. Yes. And we need to steward them better. We just haven't been, we didn't know, we didn't know how to do it. You know, and you're not heaping more guilt on. That's good. No, (laughs) I do not need more Catholic guilt. (laughs) But I love this approach that it's just like, well, you didn't know it, but you know it now. So where are we going to go? How will we go forward from this point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a process too. I always tell people this. I'm like, you're not going to be perfect at it tomorrow. I promise. No. But like part of this process is also growing in Mm self-compassion and not like an indulgent self-love. But just to be like, it's okay. It takes some time. And it, it also opens us up to, and it reminds us of our own poverty and how much we need the Lord in those moments and, and to really just rest in him and, and like just surrender to him. I think women, cause we're always trying to keep everything together and we're the glue for everything. And I really think it's kind of disguised a little bit, but I think we fall into ungodly self-reliance a lot because we are always the fixers. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, and so we have to keep it's a going, pathway so. against that. Yeah. Yeah. And the two words that come to mind as you're speaking are humility and mercy, that mm-hmm. God's nature is mercy. He doesn't judge. He's not harsh with us. So we really, when you say self-compassion, it's just that mercy, having mercy, the mercy that God would have for us as well. And like you said, the humility that we can't do it, that, that with God we can, but on our own we can't. And I think that is you hit the nail on the head there that so many women do fall into that striving. So I'm interested just on your thoughts on that, Erin, about how as women, wives, mothers, running businesses, whatever we're doing, how do we try and avoid that striving and move towards that, I guess, that godly abiding? Like what sort of practices do you recommend for women? I mean, I will tell you doing my my journal every day, doing our metanoia journal daily, I am reminded to repent of that. And, and from a place of freedom too, I, w- I don't want to say it's not like this self-flagellation going on here, but it's more like this, uh, 
it's this repentance, repent in, in the, the word metanoia, like that changing that, like turning my mind. What does metanoia life. mean? Can you just explain that? Yes. Briefly for people. Yes. Meta means yeah the meaning of it's beautiful yeah and it's actually used energy well it's used um for the word repent and believe the gospel which is um i don't know what the actual scripture verse is i should know this it's like the first um imperative that christ tells people to do yes repent and believe and so um meta noia meta it's greek and meta means to change or to elevate. And noia means your mind, to change your mind. Beautiful. But it's also another word for repentance and it's another word for conversion. Mm-hmm. And so I daily repent of, um, of my ungodly self-reliance and renounce it and, and even forgive myself for falling into that again. Um, the way our journal works is we kind of, do a bit of a brain dump in the beginning and then we capture one thought. So it's like, it's metanoia one thought at a time, kind of, yes. that's like the plan behind the daily journal. Mm-hmm. We bring the thought up, we capture it and then we reflect upon it and we bring the Lord into every step. And then we go through the release step where it's the repentance, the forgiveness and the renouncing. And then is the big climax is we ask, the Lord's interpretation of it. Like, Lord, what is the truth here? Yes. yes. It's really profound. That That is the most practical exercise that I can give. Yes. It's and, very powerful. And like you said, it's that act of writing down. Mm-hmm. That act of writing down is immensely powerful. I've found that with journaling myself over the years and just with the women that I walk with. It's a very beautiful tool and just Mm -hmm. on that with your the metanoia journal I was talking to you last week but just to let the listeners know we're looking to purchase a whole lot and have them shipped to Australia so we will be sort of encouraging women to use those because I think they're a beautiful tool so they'll Mm -hmm. be we'll have them through Genius Project just for our women that we're walking with and I'm going to encourage them to do that alongside the masterclass as well because I think that tool what you've created there is really beautiful very powerful so thank you it was it was definitely a co-creation with the Lord there are many times that we tried okay (laughs) didn't work publish it and it just nope it was like there was just something in the way and the Lord was like no I just need to make it better and and this has kind of been this has been the theme of my life. I'm like, Oh, here, this is me. You know, I'm going forward and I'm doing all of the ungodly self-reliance things. And he's like, hold on, just slow down. And let me just make it better. And I'm like, why didn't I ask you in the first first place? place. (laughs) Keep forgetting that Lord, please keep reminding me. And he does very mercifully. (laughs) And and it's always better than what we could have come up with. And I'm much better. There's also that element of flow. Like I found in my life when the Holy Spirit is really on something, there's just flow, right? But if there's, there's a lot of blocks, you have to question whether that's right. We're actually doing this in our strength or our project or whether it's the Lord's. Mm, That is such a great discernment tip right there. Mm, Like, why do I keep running into these blocks? Like just, okay, stop. Let's just like reassess what's going on here. Yes. 
And I think sometimes we just get caught up in the the push, right? And the busyness mm. and the motions that we don't take that step back. And what I love about this conversation is just the invitation for women into mindfulness, holy mindfulness of what's going on, this holy curiosity of what's happening in their soul and in their minds so that then they can move forward. Because we have to, to get freedom and breakthrough, we kind of have to understand it. Socrates said, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. Amen. That we to examine our life is not self-indulgent. It's actually godly. As you're saying, Thomas Aquinas is was yeah. huge on this. And also St. Ignatius. I mean, like the examination, right? Yep. Um, I heard a priest call it the examination of consciousness. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, I love that so yeah. much. Not like the examine but like the examination of our consciousness, yes, which I think is of our minds. Yeah. yeah. I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Cause you know that, I mean, the scripture is take every thought and make it obedient to Christ, take it mm-hmm. captive, which means there's a bit of a wrestle there, right? So it's not yes. just like this la di da we're just going to think nice, positive thoughts anymore. There's actually work to be done here. And, and scripture mm-hmm. is telling us that, that we have to take our thoughts. So there's mm-hmm. an onus on us to take responsibility and to then take them captive, which if you're talking about making something captive, it means almost taking mm-hmm. it a little bit by force and there's a bit of a wrestle and then making it obedient to Christ. So there's yes. this process there that requires us to act us to take responsibility and to wrestle that just overcoming a lot of the negative thoughts and the mindsets that we've had running through our heads throughout our lives. It, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process, but it's when we commit and start to cultivate habits that we start mm. to walk out of those negative mindsets into freedom. That's it. And, and these habits are so accessible to us. They're so it's a daily, it's like a step-by-step process. But you kind of touched on something too, which one of our exercises in the journal is called a thought recon. And that's really like the brain dump situation okay. where we just are getting all of our thoughts out. But we call it a thought recon because we recognize that the battlefield, the really unrecognized battlefields is our mind. You know, we look at the world around us and we go, oh, there's so much spiritual warfare going on out there. I'm like, no, no, no. They got to start here in between your ears, that is where the primary battle is happening. And we call it thought recon because my husband's a Marine and reconnaissance is when you go in and you're checking out possible enemy territory. And you're like, I don't know if that's, but that's kind of suspicious and this and this and this. And that's why we want to get those thoughts down on paper. And so we can hold them captive. We can actually like pull one at a time and go, yeah, that one's a little, yes. Oh, that's what I call a pretty thought. It looks nice but it leads to more problems. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a, it's such a skill, isn't it? To grow in. Yeah. And, but I will say it's, it's actually when you get this, when you slow down and you get kind of just the basic tools. And I mean, people can listen to our podcast, the Catholic coaching podcast. We talk about these tools all the time, these skills and, and how, it, it's kind of a slow go, like kind of, you know, building up any habit or any new skill, but it is accessible and it's kind of easy yeah. to start to implement these things on a daily basis. Yeah. And you start to see actually the evidence, you start to see the, um, 
the consequences of it, good consequences, the benefits of it. That's the word I was looking for. The benefits of it pretty, pretty quickly. You do actually. Yes. As you're talking, I think I was, I was a swimmer growing up. And so throughout my life, especially in pregnancy, I would swim because I would throw up for nine months and the pool just, but, you know, as I got bigger and bigger, the pool, you know, and then being sick with the pregnancy, it was harder to get back in the pool. But I found, mm-hmm. you know, those first couple of days, it was just a slog swimming, but after a few days, it was just became easier and it, mm-hmm. it take long for that muscle memory to bounce back and for me to just be flying through the pool and I think it's the same with building habits in our thoughts mm-hmm. that yes there's, it's a little clunky at the start and it's like not quite working but it's very quick to just start to flow yes yeah perfectionism is probably the number one reason why people stop doing the journal in the beginning or any of this work they they're like I'm not perfect right now you know I'm like yeah that's why you're doing this <laughs> and you don't have the ability to make yourself perfect yeah yeah and so I always kind of uh, warn people against that that perfectionism like that tendency it's really plagiarism right it's heresy <laughs> it's like you trying to perfect yourself yes you know but we're not perfect right the fact that we think that we could perfect ourselves and us not being the source of perfection. It's like, that's kind of silly, right? When we've already done it by now. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's a desire also that God has created us with that to strive towards this perfection, realizing we will never arrive this side of eternity, but there's this longing in our heart to grow. And really it's, so there's the redeemed and the unredeemed side of everything, isn't there? So the unredeemed side is perfectionism, but the redeemed Absolutely. side is recognizing the desire that God, it's a godly desire towards growth, that he wants us to be whole. He wants us to experience freedom. And so I guess having that mindset shift from perfecting myself to I want more of Christ in me so I can be more like him. Yeah. And that's actually it. So if you the word perfect in the Bible is telios. Okay. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And you're kind of like, whoa, that's kind of like a, a big ask Lord, <laughs> you know, um, how, how do we do that? But the word actually means to be complete. Mm, beautiful. And so we realize we cannot complete ourselves. Mm. And so really the distinction, what you just said, Karen is it's the source of the perfection. We are not the source of the perfect. We cannot complete ourselves. Like we are incomplete until we are satisfied with him until we are made whole by him. And so he's the completer. He is the perfecter. He is the source of that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they finally rest in him. Yes. No, it's beautiful. There's so much good stuff in there, Erin. I just I love it. <laughs> I mean, I could just keep talking about it forever. So oh, if you keep asking questions, I'll just so keep talking. <laughs> I think this is really like, this is where it's at, isn't it? Really? Yes. I find my experience has been, especially with the pandemic, like people, so much has come to the surface in the pandemic. So a lot of that's negative, like a lot mm-hmm. of negative relationship patterns or personal patterns and habits. But a lot of that's come to the surface in a way that it hasn't before because of our busyness, because we're allowed to travel, we're allowed to work, we're allowed to do everything. And all of a sudden we're not, and we're stuck at home with our family or whoever it is. And these things come to the surface. Like what the heck do we do with those things? If we haven't recognized throughout our life, 
our ways of being, our ways of operating in the world. And then all of a sudden they're here. It's like, whoa, what, what do I do with these in this sense? Yes. And I think one of the blessings that we, if we can try and find some blessing through the pandemic is the invitation to grow in this area. I found a lot of women coming into the masterclass have just reached the, the brick wall. And the mm. pandemic's been a real catalyst for that hitting the brick wall. They're like, I, I just, I can't keep going like this anymore. So what do mm -hmm. I do? And so mm -hmm. that's something that we're really working with these women on. And it's been a very beautiful process. And I'd love to talk to you more and maybe have you on a few more podcasts because yeah. I really feel like this is, um, this is the ground zero for women at the moment is, is mastering yes. mindsets, is trying to live a life of wholeness and getting mm -hmm. some things in order. You know, it's not like God just doesn't come in and tweak a window or a door here and there. I think what he wants is he wants to lift the entire foundation of our life. And it's a, a full reno. Like he mm. just needs to do a whole makeover and it starts within our soul. And so, yeah. so often we I, see those, those times where we hit the wall and we're, we're having the hardest time of our life as, as a negative, but there's actually a beautiful invitation in that season to break through. So mm. That's a mindset shift right there to, to shift the perspective from this is all terrible, this is all bad, everything's going wrong to what is God trying to do here? How is he going to teach me to grow? How is he leading me to wholeness through this difficult season? Yeah, I think Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is coming to mind, you know, um, have no have no worry but with prayer and petition, make your requests known to God um, so that the peace that surpasses all understanding may guard your heart. I, I might be making this up. No, you're not. This you're is like your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. I can't believe I remembered it. But then it goes into Philippians 4, 8, where it's like um, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is virtuous, whatever is just think on these things. I mean, I think those two, those two scripture, three scripture verses are the remedy for this and what we're going through. First, you start with, this is where I'm at, Lord. I got nothing, yeah. right? Make your request known to him. Like choose not to worry and make your request known to him. And then peace will come upon you. And then you can start to look for those things because you know, what you look for, you find. Yes. Yeah. And if you're looking for negative things, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find them. And that's the way our brains are, are wired. Yeah. The RAS, you know, we, we're scanning out things to confirm the predominant mindset. So I yes. love those scriptures, though. It's that, you know, that, that again, that choice. Think about yes. these things. So we have a choice of what we're going to focus on. It's, yeah. Very that good. and do not worry. Like, yeah. he's like, you, you actually have a choice to worry, worry, what we would put in the model. We would put worry in the action line. Like okay. you're choosing to worry. Yes. Um, because it's a rumination. It's some type of you're ruminating on the things that could go there. So like, that's actually a choice. You don't have to worry. And I know everyone who's probably listening is like, well, tell me how to stop. You know, <laughs> what is the answer, Erin? <laughs> Part of this is slowing it down and placing that and then finding out what is the emotion that's leading to worry? Mainly it's probably fear. Yeah. And then what is the thought that's leading to that fear? 
Like, what are you afraid of? St. Thomas Aquinas describes fear as a, a future evil that is coming upon you. That is actually like coming towards you or like it, it's kind of all encompassing, but it's like starting to come towards you. It's not upon you yet, but it's a future evil that you foresee. Okay. Yeah. And so what is that evil? What is that thing that you think is so scary? Name it. I say renounce it, but also when you can actually look at the thing that you're scared of, it's like, it's kind of like turning the lights on, like, and like finding out there's no monster under the bed. Like, it's not so scary when you can actually like look it straight in the face and go, yeah. oh, right. Okay. And like actually rationalize yes. what you're afraid of. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you so much. We could yeah, go you're so all welcome. day. You're all evening my all day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I would love to, whatever you want, you reach out and you know, we, I would love to to just keep chatting with you or just do other podcasts. This is like yeah. something that I really love doing. So, oh, well, I came across the other night, actually, I've had, um, there's a virus going around where, you know, fevers, chest infection, really sore throats, not COVID, but it's mm-hmm. pretty nasty. So all of last week I was coughing all night out on the couch and I couldn't sleep. So I was like, where's a good podcast? Where's it? And yours came up. So I listened to you all night. <laughs> oh, awesome. Randomly, I think it was 4am, you texted me about, are we still going to go ahead and do this podcast? I'm like, actually, I was just listening to you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Which one was it? Now, I, I think I listened to multiple ones. They oh, were good. All, they were all great. So they're all your most recent ones prior to the last one. But they were, they were beautiful. So thank you. You spoke to me in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, Anytime. Tea. That's what they're there for. Awesome. But it was no, it was Ka- great. Sorry. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much for having me. This is, this has been tremendous. And I really hope whatever, even both uh, just our conversation helped one person. I'm like that, or just gave somebody hope. I think that's kind of the message here. Fantastic. God bless you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Erin. If you'd like to go further or deeper with this content, if it really resonated with you, can I encourage you to check out the Catholic Women's Masterclass. In this masterclass, we spend an entire module dealing with how we manage our mindset. And we look at these tools that Erin and I have unpacked today in much more detail. You can get information on that on the masterclass page of our website, www.geniusproject.co or send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. If you'd like to hear more from Erin, then please sign up for the Catholic Women's Summit. It's going to be an amazing weekend. If you like what you've heard in this week's episode of The Genius Podcast, can I invite you to leave a review and share the link with your friends? And don't forget to register for the live Virtual Catholic Women's event coming up next weekend. Until next time, have a beautiful week and God bless you.